Geek Weeks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Josh Lees of Hulu's Extraordinary. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, Frank. Thanks for having me on the show. Wonderful. You play PDF Man, a very unique character. Let me kind of break down Extraordinary for everybody at home. This is a world where everybody gets superpowers at the age of 18, generally, except for our primary character here. But you play PDF Man, this character who... Uh, Right away when you meet him, you're like, okay, I'm a little bit creeped out, <laughs> but, but I'm looking forward to see what happens next. Who yeah. is PDF Man? PDF Man is one of those funny characters in these shows where not much is given away really in the script. So so you it can kind of be whatever you want, which is really fun for an actor. But, um, but yeah, PDF Man tries to join um, a vigilante group that some of the characters are setting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cash uh, gets uh, robbed in, in in the street in one of the episodes, and uh, by an invisible man. And he decides we need to be able to defend ourselves, stand up for ourselves. So he starts this little vigilante group. But it's just like Craigslist ads kind of thing. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a high spec thing. So um, so he gets some weird people turn up, uh, and PDF man's one of those weird people who who uh, tries his best to seem normal and doesn't do a great job. No, and his ability is to turn anything into a PDF, which this is it. Yeah, handy, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I really would love to just like JPEG yeah. into a PDF. Sure, that would be great. But <laughs> I yeah, don't know if you work in an office or something, yeah, there's lots, <laughs> lots of places where PDFs are very helpful. But fighting crime, unless it's cyber crime, doesn't seem to be that helpful. So uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let you watch it if you haven't already. But yeah. Very worth the watch so far. Uh, matter of fact, it's just funny. Yesterday, I was listening to uh, My Favorite Murder. It's the second biggest podcast in the world. And Karen's like, you guys got to check out Extraordinary on Hulu. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely nice. good. And so, nice. Yeah, it's getting getting re- a lot of heat right now. And um, it's really cool. At, just as a, it's like a Watchmen mixed with, you know, Broad City or something like that. It's, it's a really good hybrid of humor and and the superhero story. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, PDF Man, very kind of unique character. How do you prepare for something like this? Well, it's funny. I'm from quite a sort of traditional British acting training. So Shakespeare and poetry and all this kind of classical stuff. And then obviously along the way you learn comedy and you pick up different skills. But a part of my kind of understanding with comedy is that that there's characters, I suppose there's certain characters who you, you might play up and be silly and ridiculous with, but there's got to be a level of truth about the people that you see on screen. Otherwise, it doesn't really read, particularly in the, the way that we make TV these days. Um, it still needs to read in HD as, as a kind of believable person. So so my job was just to kind of find what makes someone come across as, as a creepy person. Like It was part of the character description at the beginning was, He's just got poor social skills. He, he yeah. comes across as creepy. And I'm going, well, that's fine. We all do that from time to time. <laughs> We've all been that guy. Um, so just sort of trying to figure out what's going on in his, in his head and what's motivating him to, to join this group, really. And I came up with this big backstory. I mean, you only see the character for a, for a few seconds here and there. And, you know, he adds some comic relief in the, in the show. But it's, um, yeah, for me, it was important to kind of know where he was coming from and from a sort of sincere point of view what he was trying to do to help he, he wanted to be there and join the vigilante group for some good reason but um but yeah there you go and he i feel like it, towards the end of the series again he does pop up again and seems right. like there's a little bit of justice for him maybe he gets uh, gets to join in something despite being um a bit hard to be around 
<laughs> his first showing is i mean i love how it ends basically cash like how did you get this apartment <laughs> with you know very yeah. creepy but he does show back up so i'm happy to see him back in a team not, not necessarily the right team but a team that's it, um, that's it yeah. <laughs> so you you created a backstory for him uh, can you give us a little mm-hmm. peek at what maybe that backstory would be sure well i there's two sides to it so there's the kind of power side to it which is what does his power actually entail? Because we, sorry, spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's not a spoiler really at all, but you don't really see his power manifest because it's quite obscure and doesn't really relate to fighting crime. So, um, you know, hopefully if I come back in another series or, you know, there's another um, occurrence in PDF Man, we might get to see what he does. But for me, I just sort of, and this wasn't written by Emma, who'd written the script, but she'd done an amazing job kind of piecing things together. I just had to come up with certain elements of of the drive. And for me, that was almost a sort of insatiable desire to to turn things into PDFs. This is sort of <laughs> a compulsion of going, look, I'm how big can I go with this? <laughs> you know, can I turn a truck into a PDF? Um, can I because you know if there's no limit to this, potentially yeah. he's an all-powerful being. He can, <laughs> he can be a supreme being in the universe if he can comp- compress everything to a portable format. So um yeah, there was that element of it, which was quite fun to play with and to sort of feel out. Um, and then the other side was just, yeah, this trying to find the, the the person. He's got a confidence to him, but he's he is odd and unsettling. And I right. think for me, I had all sorts of ideas. I, I know I think Pinterest probably doesn't it is probably about ten years old and doesn't no one uses it anymore. But I use Pinterest for all my character ideas. And came up with all kinds of, you know, when you go down a little spiral and you start seeing like, it's recommending this, recommending this, and ended up getting into sort of like, um, is arboretum's right word, where it's got sort of slaughterhouse and really weird, disturbing things. Yeah. Maybe his parents worked in a slaughterhouse and he just grew up around lots of weird stuff and not many people, animals, yeah. and then you know, just had a strange upbringing. So I imagine he's just got like different animal body parts in jars in his room and it's sort of a collection and there's something yeah. there's not something like he's not doing it in a bad way being sinister or, or nasty just that's the odd world that he lives in so a little peek into, <laughs> into pdf man yeah. i could see like like maybe his parents were like funeral home directors and so he knows like the latest model yeah. in caskets <laughs> yeah it's just the world he lives in and it was quite yeah. funny as soon as they i because with costume one of the like brilliant parts of being an actor sometimes is just going in and seeing that people have already collaborated on your character even when you've not been there so you get to sort of see what other people's ideas are and with the costume um i have two costumes one which is a bit more um you know cosplay i guess and then the other one which is his normal outfit normal outfit and as soon as i put that first outfit on i i just suddenly was like yeah, this looks like the kind of guy who lives in his mom's basement and eats boiled eggs for lunch. And like, it just, <laughs> his stuff just starts coming and you go, yeah, yeah he rides the bus and looks out the window and, you know, doesn't want any more in life. He's just like, this is, this is all, this is all I need. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's funny how these things happen. I want justice for PDF, man. I want for like alien invasion to come in and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? PDFs all around. Bring in the heavies. <laughs> yeah, bring in PDF, man. Um, all is lost and all of a sudden boom it's pdf i'll email it to you later on (laughs) yeah but the cool thing with the 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 other costume the cosplay costume was that the guys who developed it um a lot of the people working on the project were um not really first timers at all there are people who've been doing it for a long time but 
Disney creating this. So it's a Disney project in partnership, yeah. I guess, with Hulu distribution. Um, and Killing Eve, who created, uh, sorry, um, I uh, can't remember the production company's name, who created um, Killing Eve, Sister Productions. Um, they had kind of brought together a lot of newcomers for the, the cast, really, and then some of the behind the scenes people as well, because it's not something that exists on Disney really at the moment and or on Hulu. It's these sorts of new young British comedies. Um, and I think they're interested in doing quite a lot more. So it was just, it felt like a really collaborative process, felt very grassroots. And the guy who'd developed my costume and some of the costumes for the characters, the sort of superhero costumes, um, he was reusing a lot of cosplay and like Comic-Con and sort of imitation costumes. So my one was actually originally was a um, Green Arrow imitation uniform. So if you look carefully at it, you'll be able to see some of the armor looks okay. a little bit Green Arrow. And it went through lots of the processes of um, a development and tried to figure out how to make something uh, look right. But but I love how it looked in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it still has that kind of almost like a uh, street level hero level costume where, yeah, maybe it's mm. something leather. Maybe they took some sort of motorcycle jacket and adapted that. So it still has that touch to it that yeah looks all homemade. Of these would have at this point right the vigilante yeah and it looks home, not in the kind of because the movies spider-man movies you know he, he makes these homemade costumes and they look inc- incredible yeah but but with these these guys it's pretty gritty they just have obviously thrown something together they found it in some thrift shops and um and, and done the best yeah uh, i'm the quality of the show though is very good and, I, and you're right there i think disney is probably missing this like because we know that with like Acorn and Netflix has been really taking on a lot of different British shows that I think Disney's starting to see that, hey, there's a market here and grabbing onto it. And I'm really enjoying it so far. The quality is definitely there. And actors that I'm not familiar with that I'm already like falling in love with is wonderful. So I think everybody should be checking this out. Uh, superheroes. Have you been a fan of superheroes growing up? Are you still a fan of superheroes now? Yeah, I am. I mean, I... Sounds like I've listened to, to your podcast for a bit and it feels like you guys are, are you know, universal. You don't, you don't discriminate with, with the franchises, but I, I have always had a soft spot for, for Spider-Man. And I think there's something about um, just having, and I absolutely love the Avengers films and the, the Justice League films. And there's a lot that comes out with those things, but there's something for me personally that I'm really satisfying about seeing a young guy, a young kid, a teenager, whoever, just one guy defending his neighborhood, defending his patch, or defending the city against this one baddie. Yeah. And just going, actually, there's a lot of peril in that. There's a lot of threat in that. And the same in the comics. You get to really follow him around. You get to be quite, um, I don't know, you, you become so sympathetic for him that actually when he is in danger, the threat level is quite high. It's not like, oh, there's, there's seven superheroes in this, this film or this comic or whatever. You know, if one of them dies, you know, it's sad, but but they can still win. Actually, when it's just a one-on-one, um, I find that really exciting. So the the Tobey Maguire, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, those were really satisfying for me. I love that, and I think that <clears throat> that really got me into into sort of the the superhero world. But yeah, I've only recently started reading um, comics here and there since I moved to this uh, little area in southeast London. There's a comic book shop which aren't very common really in london but just just down the street from me so i've started picking stuff up and i'm reading through but yeah that's it for me really i think yeah i mean superman is really i mean spider-man is a really good example i didn't think about that before where 
he is very local. I mean, he couldn't be that in Kansas, right? You couldn't be something like that out in the mm. countryside. You're not going to be mm. bouncing around too much. Um, mm. And yeah, he's the he's probably the only superhero I could think of where I've truly thought he might die and we might lose this. Yeah. Multiple times. And he does yeah. like the train scene for the Sam Raimi ones and stuff like that. Just Sure. Yeah, that's time. probably, that's got to be one of the, the best scenes in the whole franchise. It's just, you know, that he's just a kid. They take the, the mask off, okay, he's just a kid, you know. Mm. And the, the other kid who hands over the mask and goes, we won't tell anyone, mister. <laughs> it's just really, yeah, just the good stuff. Yeah. What, what comic, you know, that you're starting to, you know, dip into comic books, which ones are you picking up right now? Um, I'm just trying out a few different things. I actually go in there and I, I, I've been talking to the lady who, who runs the, um, or who's one of the, the staff members there. And I just say, what's, what's come out that you like, that you're interested in. Uh, there's one, I think, I don't know whether it's called, thousand or ten thousand black feathers which isn't actually a superhero comic but it's a it's a kind of um a graphic novel i guess that she recommended that's just come out i really enjoyed that but uh i read i've i should have them with me you know i've, I've got some somewhere <laughs> but there's one um that was uh i've just started miracle man which was an, oh, is an old yes. miracle man with um <sighs> tom king is the writer yeah. Oh no, yeah. it's not. It's uh, he's a really sorry. I, I should have it oh, with. That's okay. That's okay. With me. Anyway, uh, a really, really well-known comic book writer. Um, so I'm just, I'm just starting that. I'm sort of dipping in with different things, trying to find. I yeah. just bought a Batman comic and, um, you know, Deadpool or whatever. I just pick up certain things that I've heard of and then try and find a couple of things that I don't know about. Like Miracle Man's new to me, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. For many people, people a lot of a lot of people don't know about him, and um, that's mm. the way to do it. That's a really good idea. Go in the comic book shop; that's what they're there for, and they'll point mm. you in the right direction. And there's so many like new or indie comic book creators you don't know about, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, check this out." They'll they'll yeah. find the right thing for you. That's a good way to do it. Have you been to many comic cons out there? Uh, so I'm hoping to go to the official uh, comic con in London this year, which is in March, I think. Um, last year, I went to the London Film and Comic Con, which is, for me as an actor, it's really interesting because it's quite broad in terms of franchises. You, you, we had stuff because Top Gun was out last year. They had top people from Top Gun from the original film came in and did some talks. You have people from Jurassic Park, but, you know, these, these big kind of franchise movies as well. But then also it has the comic book contingent, has the anime, has the... Um, you know, has everything that you'd expect at a normal Comic-Con, so, and the, the comic book stores and stuff. Um, so that was really exciting, lots of Star Wars things. Um, but I I went, my first convention I went to uh, two years ago, I think, I went to a, a Trek convention, Destination Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Um, which, was, which was really fun for me, because I only recently came into Star Trek about, um, about five years ago, just picked it up I, my mum used to watch it when I was younger um and if I was staying home from school or something and she was just around the house she might put on usually the next gen so I, I kind of grew up with that in the background and just thought a few years ago actually I really want to get into that yeah. um and and just went for it I still haven't started Deep Space Nine which I'm waiting for I, I kind of want to finish a couple first before I start yeah. dipping into other things or I'll never finish them but um but yeah, the Trek convention was was really fun and just the real celebration uh, of of that culture. I just it's quite uh, it's hard to explain the experience if you've never been to a comic con really or is. convention. 
but especially the Star Trek ones, they're special. they're so welcoming. They're just so open hearted yeah. about everybody coming in. Um, yeah, I, I can't suggest enough Star Trek Voyager. That's kind of the one that I grew up with. You know. Oh yeah, and love Voyager. So love good. Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, hopefully, hey, Paramount's making a ton of Star Treks. Would you want to be interested in jumping into one of those? Yeah, yeah, I'm just, just sitting around <laughs> waiting, you know. There you go. <laughs> the time will come. It's one of those things in life where you kind of go, when the time's right and the things come together, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Um, but I'm not I'm not jumping at it too soon. Yeah. Oh, man. That yeah. is such a great franchise to get into. Comic-Cons are wonderful. Now, with this upcoming Comic-Con, the big one, mm-hmm. is there a chance you can go as PDF Man? Ah, this is a good question. I should I should see if I can get my hands on on some of the costume. Yeah, I mean I could get in touch. They might have it in, in storage somewhere, or I could just make my own version. Like it's it's not a high spec, so um, that's a good question. I think I might not this year. Yeah, um, <laughs> see how it goes. See how the show goes, and then maybe next year. Yeah, that would be fun. Maybe we can get that. Would be a really smart move for Disney's part. Send you out there. As PDF man, yeah. just like encountering people, but like also with that creepy <laughs> demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> just in character, yeah. That would, yes, that would, yeah. I'd probably get chucked out, I think. Um, <laughs> I've, I've often thought, though, if I had to, if I had to go, I, I'd quite like to do a cosplay one year at probably at, at, at a destination trek mm-hmm. um, convention. And I've thought for a while that I could, I could potentially pull off data. I, I, I'd need the. The makeup, which would not be pleasant for the whole day, yeah. but people go as Klingons. People, you know, people yeah. put up with much worse than just face paint. So, um, yeah, I'll look into that. I think I, I'd, I'd sooner do that than than uh, than go in character. I don't want to get sued. Data would be <laughs> such an interesting character to cosplay as. If you try to like actually portray him a little bit, that would be. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting yeah. to try to take on. Yeah, yeah. I just watched a brilliant episode recently where Data um, gets this kid under his wing. And and the kid tries to imitate him. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but he and he yeah. he is a coping mechanism for the kid going through grief. And yeah. he's going, well, if I can shut down my my emotions, if I don't, if I can be like Data, who's trying to learn about emotions but can't access them, then maybe I can get through. Maybe I can survive. And it's a really moving episode. But Brent Spiner is just incredible in that. Incredible. Yeah. And and Star Trek is peak sci-fi in where they can take things like grief or like even like mm. some political strife oh, yeah. or whatever they want throw it show through this lens of sci-fi and then make us just think about it throughout the entire week until the next episode of star trek yeah and they're just so good at that you know yeah yeah stays with you doesn't that yeah uh, all right so yeah we have this you're going at the conventions now i'm so happy for you that's gonna be exciting um mm. extraordinary i'm getting i'm hearing only positive things <laughs> about it uh, let's break down a little bit of the show a little bit before we head out. I want to make sure people know what they're they're going to go check out. So, again, it's a world where everybody gets powers at their, when they're 18. Jen, our main character, she hasn't gotten hers at 25 yet. I love this this trio of the of the apartment or the the flatmates uh, with mm-hmm. Jen, Carrie, and Cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you worked with them much? What what do you think of this crew? So I didn't actually meet uh, Marie Tyers, who plays Jen. I uh, my scenes went with her, but I got to meet um, uh, Cash, the guy who plays Cash. Um, Bilal Hazan. Uh, Bilal, yeah, who's a really lovely guy, actually. Bilal, and also really fresh on the scene, really new. And the same yeah. for, um, for Luke, actually, who plays Jizz Lord. They're, they're, they're <laughs> yes. got, yeah. yeah, I know. It's hard to you say can't pass up that name. You just can't drop that name and then walk away with <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's you have to good. watch it if, you, if people haven't watched it. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. But um, 
well, I can tell you briefly. He, you know, he's a he's a cat that then we learn isn't just a cat. He also yeah. has a, you know, he's a shapeshifter. So it's, there's a lot of fun there. But but a lot of these actors are are really new on the scene, and actually, it was lovely to be there on set with them. As soon as I came on to set, uh, even beforehand, just waiting around having lunch together, they were like, "Ah, oh, you're." PDF man, <laughs> can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you in action. Come sit down with us, have a chat. And I think there's something, like I was saying before, it's quite a lot of uh, fresh faces on this project, and and it was really rewarding and really enjoyable um, to do. They they were really lovely, um, and actually everyone, all of the guys, um, Sean who plays Randall, who who has the 3D printing. Uh, ability i'll just leave it there <laughs> yeah <laughs> he uh he and i got on really well he's a lovely guy and yeah there was a real kind of atmosphere on set that um that you don't always get actually that was really um really pleasant and, and i loved it i love when randall makes the marker and then you see them later on use the marker with like a napkin around it <laughs> and it actually touching the marker at all. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's an episode uh right at the end as well in the finale where um again i don't want to spoil anything but the, the, he's asked to print certain uh something and just his the faces he pulls just incredible <laughs> just couldn't do it myself yeah so with this being such a, a young cast kind of relatively mm. new to the scene they're mm. really just performing so well. How does this compare to Chernobyl, a show you did before with really well-known actors on that one? Sure, yeah. Massively different. I actually, because Chernobyl was the first uh, piece of screen acting, really professional screen acting I did, which I was really uh, honoured that, that, that that was my kind of debut show. But everyone who I was working with had been in the industry for quite a long time, like say. Um, and a lot of kind of, family heritage of, of brilliant actors as well in, in that room. And I, I got to work um, with, uh, yeah, with a couple of actors who I, I just personally really, really respect. And it was a real dream for me. But I think the process of, of working on Chernobyl, which was a mini-series, I suppose you could call extraordinary mini-series, but I guess it's different because of the format. And mm-hmm. um, there's a bit of room with the comedy for playing around and taking your time with it a bit uh the the atmosphere on chernobyl was obviously you know you're telling real stories and you're wanting to respect the detail of everything as much as you can so we have people on set who were um lithuanian nuclear engineers who, who were there as consultants and i'd done a lot of research before the project so that i knew what i was doing so i wasn't just pressing buttons like no offense in star trek i know that's (laughs) you know they're not necessarily recreating a nuclear uh, incident (laughs) so so i wanted to be really careful about what i was doing and that helped so much and it was a much more precise process working on that so much about the detail but it just meant there's certain moments where you become very aware that the, the last people who were going through this experience and seeing the things that we're seeing were actually there and it was a very different atmosphere and I think did did really rely on some some heavyweight actors and Stellan Skarsgård was just absolutely incredible. Jared Harris was amazing in it, and um, Paul Ritter, who unfortunately passed away last year, but who was in the scenes with me playing uh, Jatlov, uh, was just I mean, yeah, incredible. If you haven't seen it, go see it. But, but oh, of course, it was, it was a really a really uh, once in a lifetime thing sort of thing. I go, it's my first job. I'd be happy if it was my last job. Like. Yeah, it was something that I, I, I'm going to hold on to for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's really special. It was so uh, weighty 
watching that right you, mm. you went into it almost yeah. like it wasn't entertainment almost like i was like i owe it to this event to make sure to pay yeah. attention and watch it properly yeah 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 and also um hilda i try and pronounce her surname right Gernadotte, who was the, the composer um she was actually brought in late because uh something had happened with the, the previous composer and um and i think just that was a, a great example of all the different components of the filmmaking brought that tension and, and her score was just incredible. She won, I can't quite remember, I think she won an Emmy for it. She, you know, it's really special soundtrack um, score, sorry, and, and cinematography, everything was just a, a really special uh, one-off kind of once-in-a-lifetime thing. But then, yeah, Craig, who, who wrote that and was on set with us the whole time, has just um, written and released The Last of Us, which is... I've just been watching and it's also just intense and gripping and just as, just as good. I think. Yeah. Not to, not to spoil anything, but that last episode just oh, had me tore up. That was something else. So I mean, yeah. wonderful job all around. Yeah. So moving on from a project like that over to extraordinary, mm. are, are you going into the job with kind of like a little bit more like, Oof, yeah, at least we get to just have a little <laughs> bit of fun on this one. Uh, you know, how are you approaching this differently than you would the other one? Yeah. It's, it's a funny thing. So I've worked on a few projects over the last couple of years that have been historical projects. One, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, later this year, uh, a Ridley Scott film, Napoleon, is coming out, Joaquin Phoenix playing Napoleon. Oh, wow. uh, I, I worked on that just, I think, just after Extraordinary. So they are, I love historical dramas and I love um, kind of the, the serious stuff, but I think it's important and helpful as and healthy as an actor to be able to have fun. I think probably you'll find any actor, great actors out there <clears throat> who've done their dramatic work have also got these, these comedy um, films and projects that they've done in, in their career. And actually uh, it is a real, I mean, it's a different kind of panic because you're going, yeah. Oh, I have to be funny. And I've done, I've done comedy in theater as well. And the, the, the benefit to that is that you get to see, and hear whether people are finding it funnier and enjoying it. But on camera, unfortunately, unless you've got a live audience there, you have no idea whether what you're doing is funny, particularly when I'm playing a, effectively a straight, you know, the straight man in the comedy of it. I, I'm just staring a lot of the time and staying still. And it doesn't yeah. feel like I'm being funny, but it's just when they shout cut and they go, ah, everyone starts laughing. You're like, okay, something's working. But it's yeah. a bit of a delayed <laughs> response. So those different skills I think I was picking up on extraordinary, but, um, but definitely, yeah. Lighter environment on set. Yeah. Your character though. I do love how it's, it's kind of the anchor in the scene where you're just like, I don't trust him over there. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, good fun it's, to watch a <laughs> yeah. it's a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery. So yeah, uh, you're saying your family is, you know, a, a series of, of actors and stuff like that. And you come from that kind of a family. Mm-hmm. What, what is their feedback on extraordinary? Uh, well, so I, I mean, sorry. What what I meant in uh, in that last statement earlier was that some of the actors I was working with on on um, Chernobyl had had come from acting families. Um, whereas actually, my my I mean, my dad is a musician and and hasn't done it professionally for his life, but you know, he's done a lot of gigging and and, and musician kind of uh, work and teaching for a long time. And my mum is very creative they're both kind of very musical people so that sort of was my upbringing and quite nice in a way for me to find acting on my own um but 
they have been very supportive in, in everything I've done. I think the funny thing for me is maybe my grandparents. I'm going, I'm not sure my grandparents would enjoy Extraordinary. Uh, everyone's grandparents are different, but I think, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I might give this one a miss. They might enjoy Napoleon, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with, with my parents, they've just been incredibly supportive and have, I mean, the thing is, I often say my mom is my my most brutal critic, critic because she's she's seen me lie as a child. <laughs> she's seen me yeah. fake things, and she knows when I'm when I'm you know bullshitting. She knows when I'm being truthful and when I'm not. So I think when she sees my acting, if she says it's good, I take that as a as a good sign. Um, yeah. But yeah, they've seen me in the the middle of nowhere doing a play playing some random character and then they've seen me in the, the tv shows and the films and and i think they just they've always been supportive so that mm. that really helped. were they supportive at an early age when you were just getting into acting because it's such an unsure you know yeah endeavor. that's a good question that's a good, funnily enough my, my mom's a careers advisor um <laughs> <laughs> so we did it have happened. a chat we <laughs> had a chat i remember it very clearly we had a long journey um to to a town near where i grew up and I knew that I'd have her in the car for a certain period of time and we wouldn't be able to get out. And I was like, mom, I need to tell you something. I don't know what she thought I was going to say, but you know, <laughs> I need to tell you something. I think I want to be an actor. And she was like, okay, what, what, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, let's pull over the car. We got to focus on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I, I didn't decide that I wanted to do acting until I was sort of 17, 16, 17, 18. Uh, and I'd always been interested, like I say, in film and in sci-fi and in fantasy. And uh, I remember dr- watching Jurassic Park and thinking, oh, I want to be a CGI animator or, yeah. or something like that. I knew that I wanted to kind of be part of of the creation of films. But um, the more I, I learned about acting and the more I, I saw great performances, I guess, uh, at that age, the more I started to realize that, um, that that was something I could do and that I, I was really passionate about. And I think yeah, I sort of explained that to my mum and, and she she was really accommodating, really welcoming, really supportive. Um, but I think that <clears throat> I've, I've got a lot of friends who are actors and they all have different experiences. Sometimes they've got family members who are in the industry and actually sometimes that can be a, a bit of a weight on their shoulders going, yeah. uh, not that you're competing necessarily, but they've had a level of success. If you don't reach that level of success, it can be really frustrating. Um and so for me to have no sort of entitlement at all to kind of go, if I get any acting work, then that's great. Um, was a good kind of, I don't know, a good mentality. And I'm very driven and very kind of motivated myself. So every day I'm, I'm, I'm out there trying to um, get, get work, trying to meet people, trying to make things. I make a lot of projects myself, um, which is why I, I love the conventions, which is why I love people coming together and, and sort of, appreciating and seeing their own because when you're watching a show like that you're not unless you're tweeting or, or, or on the forums and stuff myself i don't get to interact with other people who love the show as much as i do so going to a convention and, and also hearing other actors at the you know when they do their their interviews and the chats and the q's and a's and that i think that's just a really rewarding thing to see when you've got really humble actors and, and really welcoming fans have that interaction. I think that's really what it's all about. And it adds so much more too. I mean, think of how much more just going back to PDF man, hearing about, you know, you coming up as an actor and, and how your parents are just happy to see you trying this. 
understanding you have a passion for it. We're going to give it a shot kind of thing and happy yeah. to see your successes. <laughs> and then also that you embrace, you know, uh, Spider-Man and stuff like that. And just to me now watching Extraordinary, just that just adds another level to it. That's so much. So I think that more actors should be as you are right now and, and just being like, hey, this is so cool. Let's check it out together kind of thing. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I will always, you know, even if I do end up doing Star Trek, if I end up being in projects that would would be connected to to uh, to the Comic Cons. And I did. Uh, I was attached to something last year where part of my contract, you know, involved that and said, if we asked you to go to a Comic Con, then uh, you'd be representing us, all this kind of stuff. And I think whether or not that happens in my life, I, I really hope that I can just will always be able to go to the conventions because that's, um, I think, I don't know, there's something quite youthful and and childlike about it. It's not yeah. childish at all. Obviously, you do see a lot of kids around and that's part of the joy of it as well. But it is kind of, you get to get away from your taxes and get away from your kind of, you know, work and jobs and actually rekindle that joy that, that, that started it all, I think. That's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, there's nobody going to a convention to complain or have a bad day. It's just no. to go celebrate something <laughs> I enjoy. I mean, how can yeah, you do yeah, that? and and find out new stuff. I guess I love just walking around. I always make sure I have enough time to walk around all of the stalls and just see what everyone's yeah. doing. Oh, uh, so much talent out there. The 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 artists and like the artist alleys. I mean, it just blows me away how yeah. skilled they are. Yeah, yeah, really special. We need to get some PDF man fan art and get that yeah. out there. That would yes, be amazing. <laughs> but it's funny. There were actually there was some fan came out after Chernobyl, which I was not expecting because it's not a sort of <laughs> random thing, but people, yeah. you know, people latch on and people, yeah, they like the community and I think that's that's awesome. That's the key. Yeah, I think that's really good. All right, so this is being made by Disney, so we, I mean, technically, we could probably mm -hmm. get this into the MCU somehow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you, can PDF Man beat Thanos? Let's hear it out. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to make the argument yes. Um, I mean, this is, is this Thanos with or without the stones? That's the question. Let's say he's got the stones. You see Iron Man yeah. over there thinking he's going to take it. Be like, no, don't worry, guys. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. Just quick pan over to PDF man. <laughs> uh, he, he does it and just compresses him down into a little SD card, a little USB. It'd yeah. be a cheap little like $99, no, 99 cents like USB card. Just a little floppy disk even. Floppy <laughs> yeah. disk, yeah. Purple though, purple. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you could take him. All right, so we got to get Kevin Feige on board with this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ant Man might have some problem with Kang here pretty soon, so let's go ahead and take <laughs> care of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, so good. Oh god. Well, Josh, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing extraordinary uh, with everybody, and uh, and of course your upcoming Napoleon, and, and uh, we have Chernobyl. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure to chat with you, Frank. Cheers. Okay. All right, everybody, please go check out Josh on Extraordinary. I'll have the links in the description so you go follow it over there and to his social media as well. Don't miss out on the show. It is a delight to watch. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.